0: For for, for all things ATL. ATL! ATL. For for, for everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. And we are getting ready for week number four. I mean, football season is flying by. We're almost a quarter of the way through. We will be a quarter of the way through after this game. So we just keep chugging along and make sure you guys keep rocking with us on Peach Street Football. Make sure you download this episode of the podcast and follow Peach Street Football so you listen to every single episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, or wherever. You get your podcast. Bo Morgan, happy Friday to you, my friend. How you feeling, Squid Billy?
1: Big weekend in Atlanta here. We've got a lot oh, yeah. going on with, uh, you know, Falcons, Browns. That's going to be a focal point yep. for uh, Sunday. But then we get, we, you know, we look at the Braves. Obviously, we're, we're football, but the Braves have a big series. So, Huge. I mean, honestly, I'm just a little bit like, oh, whoa, my head's spinning. So much <laughs> happening in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, so just ready, honestly, to kick this, kick this weekend off and uh, get some
0: wins all the way around. I mean, I need a, I need a brave sweep because bump the Mets, I need a Falcons win so we can get back to two and two and really get back into the mix of things And you know, we could put our names maybe in certain conversations if we beat a good Browns team, get the two and two. Let me tell you something. This is a real important. They're all important. There's only right.
1: 17 of them, but this right. isn't an this is as important as a game as maybe um, we've played going back to the Saints game this year. We've only played three yep. games. The Saints game was hugely important. It was a division game. You weren't able to to hold on, uh, but now you look at it where the T- Tampa Bay's had a weird week. They have Kansas City at home on a Sunday night. Yep, and that they're a two and one team coming off a loss. You know, ultimately, we could see where, you know, if Tampa loses, you can find a way to scratch out and call a victory away from Cleveland. You're sitting at 500, and uh, which would be, you know, if everything worked out, you'd be in some kind of one, I mean, you i have two-way or three-way or maybe four-way tie, depending on what happens, because it's really two-in-one Tampa Bay in the NFC South. With one and two
0: Carolina and one and two
1: New Orleans and one and two Atlanta.
0: And, and so, to piggyback off you that bad. right there. Sorry about that. To piggyback off you right there. New Orleans and Carolina ain't got no sleepers. They you know, they got some tough weeks ahead of them. New Orleans is playing the Vikings on Monday night football. That are no, not Monday night football, but New Orleans is playing the Vikings, excuse me. That'll on be a Sunday morning up. football. They're that's in right they're that's in London. London. I knew it was a special game. It's, yeah. it's London. And then the Carolina Panthers have a tough game against the Arizona Cardinals. That's not going to be an easy one. The Cardinals, you know, look like, again, a a playoff contender. So that's not going to be an easy game for the Carolina Panthers. That's a very very winnable game for the Cardinals and a very losable game for the Panthers.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of, you know, we've talked. So being around the, you know, being tied to the team in certain ways. Yeah. You hear things come out and you like, oh yeah, you know, oh well, that's everybody says that in in April or May or June. Everybody, you know, but I'd heard some things uh this off season, I believe it was after might have been after mini camp you know, something okay. like that. Um and I I heard the the phrase uh this team is different. This team is this team has something different. They have they're special in some ways. Okay, and you know, like I said, you just kind of pass it off, right? And right. Uh, and I heard it from a good from the closest thing to the horse, you know, to, to a horse's mouth, as you can hear. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, and. Someone deeply tied to the team, uh, you know,
0: yeah.
1: and, and, and uh, one of, uh, it's, you know, it's a source to say. And uh, I, I just, I, you know. But no Morgan got sources. Well, I've got a few, I'd hope, at right. this point, you know, with my connections and traveling. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think much of it because it was June or whatever. And, right. uh, you know, now –
0: That statement is different now. I feel
1: well. I feel different because I do think this team has some special qualities in them. I don't know if they're talented enough. Um, They definitely have not been able to work out certain little mistakes that have cost them, honestly, two ball games and almost a
0: third. Yeah,
1: but there is a special makeup to this team. This team has a lot of belief in themselves. They have fight. They have truly taken to the to each other and. It's fun to see, and it's fun to watch. Among other things, you can't watch this season and say, oh, they suck, they lose again, because it's not really the case. they, nope. they come out on the losing end a couple of times, but this is a fun team. This is a team with a lot of fight, a lot of heart. Um, and so for whatever this season has been so far, it's been a lot of fun to watch. And you can't, you couldn't have watched his games and say so you didn't have fun watching them. Now, it was not fun to watch them blow the lead against – New Orleans. Not at all. But everything else, (laughs) you know, that was obviously not fun. But up until that fourth quarter, it was very fun. Oh. So, a a lot of fun to watch. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of go into that. And I'm just not, you know, I just think this team, there's a lot left for this team to do and Mm -hmm. to, you know, kind of accomplish. And I'm looking forward
0: to it. Yeah. I'm right there with you. This You know, I was saying that statement is different because this this team does feel very different from last year's team. It seems like they do have more fight in them because a team, just to be honest with you, last year, if that team got down 28 to three to Los Angeles Rams, I feel like that game would have ended ugly. Not only because I feel like this team has maybe a little bit more fight. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's just kind of the truth. And part of that is because the other thing you don't have as much talent on last year's team as you do on this year's ball club. So that's part of it too. But also John Chuckery, who I produce, he was, he was talking to Tory McElhaney this Wednesday and Tory was talking to Cordero and Cordero was talking about the offensive line. And he was saying how this offensive line was feeling themselves, you know, Sunday last Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks because of the way they were able to get the run game going. So, Again, this is a team that has confidence in themselves. This is a team that believes in themselves. And this is a team that feels like they are different. I mean, we heard earlier in the season, to attest to your point, we heard Kyle Pitts say, you know, this this team can be a playoff team. He backed up Alameda Zaccheaus, who before that said this this team could, you know, this team could definitely be a playoff team. So I am glad. And obviously they're going to say that. I don't want to, you know, make it sound like this is some new revelation. They're not going to say they're going to be trash. But still. That's just to add on to your point that this team does have belief in themselves and this team, you know, is feeling themselves right now. So, hopefully that confidence goes into the Browns game, which we need to touch on right now. First and foremost, Paul Morgan, what are the matchups you are looking out for?
1: Well, you know, I've been – this has been tough for me because I feel like I can – every week I can say their top receiver versus A.J. Terrell. Oh, most um, Definitely. And and I don't want to go there. I want to go a little bit more of a a group matchup. Okay. And honestly, it's it's the trenches that I'm looking it at. It's their their it's it's and it's two side trenches, both sides of both teams. It's important it's the yeah. run offenses versus the run defenses mm-hmm. uh, in this in this game because. You know, you look at it. Atlanta comes in with the fifth best rushing attack in the NFL. They're averaging uh, 156 yards a game. And that being said, you look on the other side. This Cleveland defense is seventh in the league against the rush. They're only giving up 83 yards a game. They're really, they're 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 pretty good. But the problem is is you look on the other side of the ball, and Cleveland's <laughs> offense is the creme de la creme in the NFL right now in rushing offense.
0: Yeah, they're probably they're one of the little, best offensive lines in in the NFL, top well, three.
1: they're not, look, they, they, you can get after them in the passing game, but yeah. they also have probably the best running back, all right? I mean, let's be honest. Oh, Nick they're Chubb. They're doing a good, good job, good. but Nick Chubb is a very good runner as well. And then this Falcons run defense hasn't been quite as good. They're giving up. Uh, almost five yards a carry, mm. and they're 15th in the league with 109 a game. Yeah. So, which team can shut down the other team's strength, which is the run game? The, the reason this is a big deal, and this will be one of my keys to the game as well, but the reason this is a, a big deal for the Falcons' defense is because the way – this offense runs for Cleveland, they've got Jacoby Brissett. And much like Seattle last week, and in, in, in three games, Brissett's not even thrown for 600 yards. He's wow. completing a good clip, around 66%. But to the point of it, he's not pushing the ball downfield right. uh, a ton. You know, Amari Cooper's their leading receiver. He's got 19 for catches for 219 yards. And they're not really pushing, pushing, pushing the ball because they don't have to, because they're in second and short, third and short situations when they are in those situations. Because they are getting big clips on first down. I mean, this team right. is averaging five yards a carry, like I said. So mm-hmm. obviously, that tells you they're not in long, long and down, down and long distances. So they've the so the the all the trench work, the the, the line of scrimmage is going to be huge in this game. So it's the Falcons O-line versus the Browns D-line a matchup and vice versa. It's just going to be important how, what happens up front because that's where these teams are mm-hmm. based off of. They're winning and losing games up front.
0: Yeah, because that's where each team starts. You know, the Falcons have now built themselves an identity that they're going to be a power run first type of football team. They want to come up, hit you in the mouth, dictate the line of scrimmage on offense and on defense and they've really been doing it on offense thus far and they want to control the terms they want to control possession and the Cleveland Browns are literally the exact same way even before the season we heard Arthur Smith say you know these two teams are very similar in you know their play style their scheme you know just the way they approach football games and how they want to play the game of football so again it's definitely going to be a battle in the trenches however both I'm going to give you one that may surprise people as far as a matchup to look out for goes. Maybe not. Marcus Mariota versus Jacoby Brissett. I'm going to say this because we know both teams, like you just said, want to run the football, want to control the line of scrimmage. We get that. However, these teams cannot get one-dimensional. You know, you don't want... You don't want either team to be one-dimensional as far as what if they can't run the ball and they have to throw the ball around the lot. Well, both of these quarterbacks, you know, when you think about gunslingers, neither one of these quarterbacks honestly comes to your mind first. You think about Patrick Mahomes. You think about Justin Herbert. You think about Aaron Rodgers. You think about Matthew Stafford. You don't think about Marcus Mariota or Jacoby Brissett. And that's to say they're not good. They just have different skill sets. But if the run games struggle because both teams know both teams want not run over the ball. Which quarterback is going to make more plays with their arm, their feet? Which quarterback is going to give the offense that other aspect of the game, that other attack? Which quarterback is going to be better passing the ball? Which quarterback is going to be more accurate? Which quarterback is going to make bigger throws on third down when you get in third down in obvious passing situations? The quarterbacks are going to play. They always play dividends, but I think especially in this game with two teams that really want to run the ball, defense, they got to stop that. And if they do, which quarterback is going to be better? I think that's a big key.
1: No, it's great. It's it's absolutely – excuse me. That's that's a really good point. And for me, with Marcus, it basically comes to those mistakes. Yeah. You know, those little – Mistakes that have just kind of crept in each game. Uh, I don't really, you know, it's hard for me to get on him badly about the LA game. The interception was a force, but it was he was trying to make a play, right? And say he missed Pitts. It's hard to say, you know, you have to, you you really have to go and see exactly where Pitts was when he was kind of moved out of the pocket trying to make a play, and uh, but. But they've crept up in games, like last week with Seattle. With we talked about it with that zone read play, and then you know the the fumble against the Saints in the red zone, and then the bobbled snap, which ended up costing you a first down in in a crucial situation. So it's a good point. And Brissett is a guy that you do want to make him beat you because, you know in his career he he's been he's been okay. I mean, there's a reason why he's had chances to start places and. Ultimately, finds himself as kind of a spot starter and backup. One more that I have uh, that I, I've been thinking about, and a guy who's playing really well now. And you know, Austin Hooper was in Cleveland for a while. Yeah. And and Joku basically, David and Joku basically was like, "No, nah, this is I was here first, and this is my job."
0: But boy, so, can I tell you really quickly that I'm yeah. sick because. I have David and Joku on one of my fantasy teams. And on top of that, he's on one of my – is he on the fantasy team that I paid money to be in? He might have been on one of my money fantasy teams. But the point is, I left him on the bench. And let's just say the other tight end that I started did not do near as good. as him. So, I just had to put that a little out there. Uh, well,
1: and sure. Joku, yeah, he's coming off a big game, like you said. Mm-hmm. And he has been a guy that brissetts leaned on. See, this – See, this is the thing we got to remember. Guys like Brissett and Geno, that you know, they're they know they're tr- they're in systems right now where they're playing it safe for the most part, um, and that's fine. But right. they're being allowed to play it safe. Mm-hmm. Um, with Brissett's point, with with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and how they're running the ball, and he's got guys like Njoku and, 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 and Amari Cooper are his number one targets. Last week with Geno. It was a thing where they were running a lot of routes just to run people open, and he was, and you were playing a little off in the coverage. I won't call it soft, Dean, but it was off. They were they were playing back. They were giving a cushion. They weren't playing up and <laughs> up on them in press coverage. And what it led to was uh, a lot of you know easy completions. And he ran up three hundred and almost thirty yards passing. You know he ended up being Geno in the end. But yep. that being said, you know it, it was a close game. Mm-hmm. But Njoku's a guy who's coming off a big game. You know, he's had, he's had a he's – he's been uh, – obviously he's a target that Brissett locks onto. We know Amari's going to be there. But maybe it's a situation where one of these guys beats you. You let people – you make – one of these guys beats you over the other. You know? Yeah. And honestly, to me, I'm more in a sellout for the run and let one of these – Brissett beat you with, with Njoku or Brissett. And with Njoku – it, it it basically comes up to Michael Walker or maybe Troy Anderson in coverage and how they handle handle him. And that's that's to me a matchup is how this linebacking court handles a guy like David Njoku, because this is the guy that's gonna be a red zone target, and that's somewhere you gotta improve. Uh the Cleveland offense is, you know, almost middle of the pack. They're thirteenth in red zone offense, while the Falcons are twenty third in red zone defense, so they have the edge there. So You know, that's another It's a guy that you just can't allow to beat you when you get down there.
0: And let's take that a step further, too. You talk about, you know, kind of leaving maybe Michael Walker or Rashawn Evans or, you know, guys like that. Maybe not necessarily on an island is the best phrase to put it. But, you know, kind of leave them out hanging to where, you know, they they have to cover uh, David and Joku and guys like that without really any help because you're going to sell out to the run. Let's we can take that a step further and say that about the corners. You know, if you're going to put more, if you're going to allocate more resources and more guys to the box to try to take away that run game, well, then, you know, you're not going to have much help for AJ Terrell or Casey Hayward. So that's to your point where you always talk about, you know, a matchup every week. This season could be AJ Terrell against Amari Cooper or the uh, opposition's best receiver. And that's so true, especially in this game, because of how Cleveland wants to run the ball You know, so there might be situations where AJ Terrell is going to have to really, really step up and show he still is that corner from last year and just take on Amari Cooper with no help. You know, they might not do that, but that could be a case again if they want to allocate more resources to to the box and really, really try to take away that run game. So that is a huge key. Let's go ahead and get into our keys to the game, because. There are a few. You already touched on one, and that is most definitely controlling the trenches on both sides of the football. Right now, I'm going to look to be a little bit more defensive because, first and foremost, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, one of the best duos in the NFL right now. And straight up Bo Morgan, if you don't stop them, I don't know how much the offense is going to get on the field. So you really can't even talk about the offense because I think it starts with the defense first. You got to stop them first because if you don't, I don't know how much the offense sees the ball. So to me, the defensive line of scrimmage is the biggest thing for me just because offense is offense is one B, defense is one A though, because if you don't stop them on offense, you might not touch the ball a lot here in this game.
1: Yeah, my first key uh to the game, and I know we both have a couple, but my first one is when are when on the early downs. Uh, yeah. It kind of goes in line with what I was Great. talking about earlier. Again, this team is averaging over almost five and a half yards per play, um, which obviously that's an inflated stat with passing and et cetera. But the fact of the matter is this team wants to run the ball. As I don't know if I can say that enough. And you allow them to do that when you let them get, get what they need on first and second down. There's a thing right. that, you know, and I, again, this is not a podcast where we're going to break down X's and O's necessarily – but one of the things I've learned and I learned quickly in covering games is there's a thing called yep. staying on schedule. You know, yeah. you want to be, at, you know, you want it after first down, you want to be in a second and six or less. Right. You want to be on third and four or less. Yep. You know, you want to stay on schedule. Really, it would be third and three, to be honest with you. um, So, getting, getting three to four yards on first down, all that does is make it easier to continue drives and, and get what you need to get a first down. This is a team that's doing a lot of that. They're not in a third. A lot of third and longs. It's helped Jacoby Brissett out tremendously, and nice. it helps this offense. This is a team that controls the ball. They they want to have the ball. As you pointed out, they've their time of possession is about thirty six minutes a game. Gonna the Falcons are a team actually who themselves they controlled the ball against New Orleans. Yeah. Um. They uh. They controlled uh, Now last week I don't. I don't want to go out on the limb and say I'm actually going to check their overall, but it, you know they didn't necessarily control constantly the ball, but when they did, they were able to move it. They were able mm-hmm. to eat clock, and and they're a team that's averaging 30 minutes, so it's a little bit closer for them. The you know the, the game last week in the LA game kind of threw that number a little bit out of whack because you allowed those offenses to move the ball well, right. but the Falcons want the ball in their hands. So don't – like, to your point, but don't allow Cleveland to shorten the game and score points because, look, everybody thinks this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think this could be just as uh, – an high-scoring games, I think these guys, oh, yeah. while they won't be explosive necessarily as much through the air, they're run game. Both these teams have explosive run games right now. You know, the Cordero Patterson not practicing the last couple of days. I believe he'll be a go for Sunday. I believe a lot of that was just rest. Yeah. You know, I'm not – I don't really – by end, if you don't practice Wednesday and Thursday, unless it's been a you're coming off a in major injury the week before, that it's a it, it's one of those things where you're not going to play. Right. So just you've got to win defensively on first down.
0: Yes, huge. You you have to put them in long, obvious passing situations on third down and make Jacoby Brissett beat you with his arm. We talked about it. If you keep this this team on third and three, that opens up. Way too much in the playbook because at that point they could run the ball. They could hit what you hit you with play action and you have to respect the run game. And so that could open things up for receivers down the field. So having this team team in third and short situations is just not a good situation for the Atlanta Falcons. And it's the situation you want to avoid as much as possible coming into Sunday because third and short, I mean they could do anything, and the defense is really going to be on their toes. A matchup for me is going to be, now, we don't know if this guy is going to play, but if he does play, <laughs> this is a guy you got to slow down because he can wreck your entire game. We talked about him a little bit on Wednesday's episode, but you have to talk about stopping Miles Garrett. I don't know if you you send extra help. I don't want to get into how you scheme that up because, again, I'm not a coach, but I do know one thing. And that one thing is you have to stop Miles Garrett. You gotta stop Jadavion Clowney too. Let we, we can't forget about him because he's a good football player himself. He's not quite Miles Garrett, but he can wreck your football game as well, too. So controlling Miles Garrett, especially, but controlling Jadavion Clowney as well. You gotta you gotta win against those guys. You gotta win. So again, you, you probably one of those guys is probably gonna, you know, be one on one, and you gotta win that one-on-one matchup. You probably send help to Miles Garrett and maybe Jadavion Clowney. Is one on one with uh with Jake, but you gotta win. However it is, you have to win against those guys. You cannot let those guys wreck your entire football game. They're gonna get theirs, you know. Good players always do, but you gotta neutralize them. You can't have them put you in first and fifteen with a five yard tackle for loss or anything like that. So you gotta win against those guys, Bo.
1: Well, you could be in a situation where neither guy actually even maybe might not even play. Yeah, that's and true. this isn't is banged up That would defense. help a lot. <laughs> so, to your point, that's – that. no, it's a good call. Yeah. But to, to build off your point, that's why really you just talked about those guys on the edge. <clears throat> to me, you know, and one thing that I, I would go to and say it's just as important is a, your interior with Wilkinson coming back. Yeah. You know, Drew Dominant and Lindstrom, they've all played pretty well this week. So – it, you know it, you can push those guys around, but it when 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 you have guys like that, it's important when you have edge rushers that are like this, it's important that when these guys are coming you know your pocket we've talked about the pocket, so your line's like this, and you want it to concave right I don't know if you can think you can see it, but you want your pocket to kind of go like that right right, so right. you push Garrett and Clowney around behind Mariota. And he steps into the pocket, so it's being very important that that pocket doesn't concave in on him. So make it where Mariota can step into the pocket. The other thing that I would say mm-hmm. um, is my, my my and I'm not going to give three today. I don't think I don't think three's needed.
0: No, it's really not in
1: the matchups, we've kind of spelled out keys. The only other thing I would say is something that you didn't do last week, mm-hmm. but you were able to still win the game. Because it's a part of the little things. Little things, little things, little things, right? Yep. Little things win games. That's so right. What I would say is as you're doing those little things, the next little thing is offensively, do not get sloppy. Don't make a stupid mistake as far – and I say stupid, I'm not calling the player stupid. But right. when you make false starts in the red zone or holding in the red zone, and that red area is so freaking important. I don't know if I've if I've told you how important the red area is on this podcast. Maybe I'm going to condescending. Spite. But it's Maybe so important. Don't make mistakes in there and protect the ball at all times, but especially late in games. Yeah, it's something we have just not been able to cut out in the first three weeks, especially on the other side of the 50 and in that red area. So what I'll tell you again is do the little things. That means – I, and I don't – Most people tell you it's not a little thing, but protecting the ball in clutch time is so key. And in the end, it's the little things that cost you games. The little things are the difference between this being a one-and-two team at the end of the week four matchup and a two-and-one or three-and-oh team. Yep. Do the little things against Cleveland, and you're good enough. You're coached enough, and this team has enough heart and fight to go win this game. So do them. You win.
0: And it's a little thing because, you know, it It doesn't seem especially hard. It's it's not especially hard to just make sure you do a RPO handoff right. And you don't fumble that. But, again, it's a big deal because if it happens this week, like it happened last week and you got lucky, your defense stepped up when it had to. But if it happens this week, you're probably not going to be so lucky. So it is a little thing to get a RPO handoff right. But it's a big deal because if you don't do it right this week, you may that that could cost you this game the way this football team is built. So huge, huge deal to make sure you protect the football. And like you said, don't have we don't need false starts. We don't need holdings. Those those big deals will like you said, just like we don't want to keep Cleveland on schedule. We have to keep ourselves on schedule as well. It's time for score predictions, Bo Morgan. So. What do you think the final score is going to be? Very, very tough matchup. But like you said, I can see this being a high-scoring game, too. So what you got?
1: I think – I told you guys I'm not going to pick the Falcons every week. It's not who I am. I'm not going to be this blatant homer. (laughs) But I actually think the Falcons are going to win this game. I think this team gelled on the road. I think the second half of the L.A. game Uh really made this team realize uh, what they are inside. And right. on the field and that they're good enough to hang with anybody, uh, doesn't mean there won't be struggles, because that's just, that's just, that's the nature of the NFL. I mean, if you're what you know, I don't care, I don't give a damn what your roster looks like, what your record is, the NFL you don't have blowouts. That's that's the difference in this in college football. That's why right. no college football team is gonna beat any NFL team. All right. That's just the fact that's just that's how it is. So right. that being said, I think the Falcons pull this one out thirty one to thirty. Young Way Ku and a late Phil Gold wins this game. Uh, and that's where I'm going. 31-30 Falcons. They cover again because they're like a <laughs> point and a half underdog.
0: And uh, I really think they get it done. I really do. Good teams win, great teams cover. So hopefully the Atlanta Falcons can cover and be a great team this week. I think the D P's defense has its best game under D Ps this week. I think we really figured some things out this week, and I really think we, you know, shock the landscape of the NFL a little bit and show the NFL, hey, you guys were counting us out. CBS Sports Network, you were counting us out. You didn't, have, you didn't say anything good about the Atlanta Falcons this entire offseason. Well, guess what? We are a team that's for real. We are a team that's going to compete. Give me the Falcons 21 to 14. That's my final score, and I think, the Falcons get a huge W, go to two and two, and hopefully with some help, they'll be tied atop the NFC South, or maybe they, uh, or yeah, be they, yeah, because Tampa's starting to lose. But anywho, I think they'll be tied atop the NFC South, NFC South hopefully with some help. But well, let me tell you something. Say ahead, something.
1: That's if that's what happens, and Tampa loses, and they're two and two, what means we head to Tampa Bay next Ooh. weekend in a battle for which could be for first place
0: in the division. So yeah. a, it could be a really interesting week on Peace Street Football next week. I'll tell you that much. Man, I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping for it. I, I will be licking my chops, and we'll be licking our chops all week if we get that scenario. So that's gonna do it for this edition of Peace Street Football. Uh, guys, again, guys and gals, make sure you like this podcast, you follow this podcast, download every single episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast. Peace Street Football is there. We got to make a couple announcements. First and foremost, where's Chipper? Go Braves. I got Acuna, but like he's kind of broken, so I'm not going to show him off on camera. Chipper's the most intact, so we got that. Go Braves. Ozzy's hurt, so we'll leave Ozzy in the back. And then, uh, hold on. Oh, I can't mess him up. I was going to bring Freddie out, but Freddie is holding the flag. So, anyways, go Braves. Let's get a big win. Let's win the series against the Mets and Falcons. Let's get the 2-2 two and two and hopefully tied atop the NFC south
1: ooh. rise up